0: All right, welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. This is Bob Lung, your host, as always, from Big Guy Fantasy Sports. And uh, we have a couple special guests. No, actually, we have one guy here every week. We love him to death. Ron Rigney, uh, always here with us, uh, joining us again. Uh, David will not be making it this week, which is fine. uh, But, Ron, how's it going? Uh, Good to have you back on this week. And uh, how was your fantasy weekend?
1: Uh so so a couple leagues I'm doing pretty well in that I won in went to 7 and 1 in our Kings Classic snake league Beautiful. so yeah. glad to, glad to see that um also too you know I was uh today's a big day a huge day it is um in our country I was stoked to see the turnout uh the support for my 40th birthday today
0: I was so that say, was very that cool. was very thoughtful of them Yeah, vote on your 40th birthday yeah man I mean the by the way happy 40th welcome to I would say welcome to the club but I'm yep. so far past that club that I don't even think <laughs> I get any special privileges anymore. So I'm way past the 40, but uh, welcome to the 40 club. And uh, uh, you're probably looking a lot younger than most 40-year-olds, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, it's good to have you.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: All right, cool. Well, as I mentioned, special guest time tonight. We had him here about a month ago. Uh, this guy's probably has been nonstop super busy this year because it is Dr. Brandon Bowers and Doc, uh, you probably just nonstop get uh, texts, DMs, tweets, whatever, asking about what in the world is going on with this guy and that guy. And guess what? We're going to do that to you again tonight like we did a month ago. But it's good to have you back, Doc. Thanks for uh, joining us. And uh, how have you been so far the last month? I've been well, and uh, it's just kind of the nature of the
2: business. When people get hurt, they, they call me to talk about it. Now, the one thing that's a little bit of a downside is in, in all the leagues that I'm in with my buddies, they have access to all the information I'm giving to everybody else, so I don't even <laughs> get a leg up in my own league because they're all seeing the information I'm making public for everybody else to yep. get an advantage in their league. So there's, mm-hmm. there's good sides and bad sides to it.
0: Yeah, that's part of the deal of being in on this side of the world, I say you know every time uh, you know i'm posting stuff and talking about consistency people that are in my leagues are all reading the same stuff so you know i'm not you know i, I if unless i get online and jump and grab somebody before i post about it uh, it's usually pretty difficult to uh, get it but there's so much information out there i kind of feel like well somebody's going to beat me to it regardless so it is what it is but it's a lot of fun and again glad to have you on um you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, what you do in real life. Obviously, you're a real doctor in this world and, and just kind of, you know, for people who maybe missed last month's episode, just kind of give you a, a brief description of what you do in real life and how that applies very appropriately to what we're going to talk about with these injuries for these players uh, and why you know a lot more than most
2: Absolutely. So I work as a doctor of physical therapy on the northeast side of Columbus in Ohio, uh, rehabbing individuals of all different ages, diagnoses, and I I see a high volume of athletes ranging from youth athletes all the way up to professional and Olympic level athletes. And so that's a little bit about my professional background. I, I treat these types of patients on a daily basis. Now, how does this tie into fantasy football? Well, a couple of years back, I, I was sent a, a DM on Twitter um, from a colleague on, on Twitter at the Orange and Brown Report. And he said, hey, CBS Sports is looking for a guy to do all their injury analysis. And so I kind of threw my hat in the ring. And lo and behold, I I got the gig with them, and I I, I wrote for them the past two seasons, so 2018 and 2019, and then obviously COVID led to some cuts. And so I'm not currently writing for CBS Sports this year, Mm -hmm. but I did a bunch of work with them writing. I was on the Fantasy Football Today podcast with all those guys over there, a great group that they've got going. Mm -hmm. Uh, So right now, I'm with the Orange and Brown Report that covers the Browns out of Cleveland. And then I also kind of have my own personal
0: injury newsletter that goes out every week. And it is a fantastic newsletter that uh, Ron, make sure you get signed up for that. It's good, good stuff. Uh, I get that and uh, always enjoy reading it, trying to make sure I am understanding how my players who are hurt are doing and when they will be back so that I can go from one in seven to, you know, to maybe three and nine before, you know, it gets close to the playoffs. But uh, <laughs> it's been a tough year. I'm not going to lie. But uh, Doc, thank you for that. It's good to have you. Um, all right, let's get started. We're going to talk first, of course, about the consistency stuff, because that's why I obviously you folks are here in the first place. But then we're going to kind of take that position and just kind of let Doc talk about maybe some of the players who either are injured, have been injured, coming back soon what we expect so why don't we just get started uh ron uh, you know obviously we're looking at the consistency report for the week and you know there it is uh, same as every it has been for a few weeks now russell wilson kyler murray right there at the top of the list 100 perfect seven for seven in clutch games so far this year right behind them patrick mahomes seven for eight um you know these guys keep Putting the points together, they're very close in total points. From Wilson, two thirty-one. Mahomes, two twenty-seven. Kyler Murray, two twenty-two. After that, they start. It starts falling off drastically when it comes to points versus consistency. Because at number four, with two hundred and ten points, not that far behind the guys in the top three, is Josh Allen. But Josh Allen is only fifty percent consistent. He has really cooled off lately. I think we've talked, uh, you know, in in depth tremendously about Wilson Murray and Mahomes. So let's move down to a guy like Josh Allen, who started off red hot. Everybody and their mom thought this guy was, you know, here we go. We're we're on a roll. Man, he has dropped off tremendously, only 50% consistent for the year. What are your thoughts on Josh Allen moving forward? Is it time to sell low, buy high? What are your thoughts on Josh Allen right now?
1: Well, it's funny you say that because in one of my dynasties, I was able to pull off a Josh Allen for Kyler Murray trade. There's a couple other pieces involved, but I was pretty excited about that. So I added my third share of Kyler Murray. I get to keep him as long as I want. But it's, you know, like you said, you know, to see him so far down there in fourth and total points, that tells you 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 hit it right on the head. He's cooled off as of late out of his last three games. (laughs) he's got two games on you know, 122 yards 151 yards through the air he's not turning it over a bunch which is good but also too you got to look at in those first three games two four Td games with zero interceptions and also in those four in one of those four Td games uh, had a rushing touchdown as well so He's not been getting in the end zone with his legs as much Mm -hmm. the last three four weeks, so that's obviously hurting his numbers, and that's something that kind of propels his fantasy numbers and his consistency as well. Plus, you got to think that you know they played New England. New England still got a little bit of a stingy defense. They played played Kansas City that got absolutely got their doors blown off at Tennessee. So I think that contributes to it a little bit as well. But I, I, I think it was something with with him posting those super high numbers, those 400 yard, 300 yard games, four touchdown games. You knew there was going to be some regression coming at some point, and it's come Mm -hmm. pretty quickly and and pretty heavy the last four weeks.
0: Definitely, definitely. I think one of the things that jumps out at me in this entire report is something that, and and we'll go to to Dr. Bowers um, about it, is the just overall poor consistency of the quarterbacks in general. I mean, once you get past the big three, Wilson, Murray, and Mahomes, you've got, Justin Herbert, who's at eighty-three percent, which nobody expected, uh, and then all of a sudden you're down in the seventy percentile for the number five most consistent quarterback, which is a tie between Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and of course Uncle Rico himself, Gardner Minshew, at seventy-one percent. So now we're in the sixty percent and less, and we're still not even in the out of the top ten in consistency. This is. I assume, and Doc, this is where I'm going to go to you, this is caused by not only injuries to quarterbacks, which we've seen a few, but not a ton. Obviously, Doc Prescott's the worst. But just the overall injuries to everything around them, their weapons, whether it's wide receivers, offensive linemen, uh, running backs, tight ends. I mean, is is this something that, you know, you can kind of support, Dr. Bowers, in, in, in the fact that, The injuries to the multiple weapons around them is causing inconsistencies because they can't get on the same page with the guy if they're only there every other game.
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely some merit there. You look at a guy like Josh Allen or or other quarterbacks in the league that are losing key pieces around them who are, are down, even if it's just for a week or two to injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may not have that same that same vibe that they have with the first-string guys. Now, you look at a Mahomes or a Brady, and in those situations you might be able to plug and play few guys deep on the depth chart, but with some of these other guys, it takes time to build that chemistry. And I think it definitely can play a role um, overall in, in terms of injuries in 2020. I think we, we think that we've seen it at a higher level, but uh, in reality, it's just
0: a lot of bigger name
2: guys who are getting hurt this year, which is directly mm-hmm. impacting that quarterback position.
0: Right. I mean, Brady's had a tough, you know, he didn't have really much for preseason. He comes to a brand new team with Godwin Evans and all those guys uh, in place there. Uh, you know, I don't think there has been an official week of the season yet that Evans and Godwin have lined up at the same time on the same week. Um, if they have, it's been very rare. Uh, now Godwin's got a bad finger. Um, you know, it's got to be very difficult for them to get any kind of sync. And now all of a sudden you bring in Mr. Personality, Antonio Brown, into town. Uh, Ron, I'm going to go to you with this one. Uh <laughs> We, we thought we got rid of him. We thought he was going to move on, but nope, he's going to come and work with Bruce Arians and company. What are your thoughts on AB coming to Tampa?
1: Well, nothing screams out consistency like Antonio Brown, right? Especially the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's one of those things. I mean, just to kind of see him digress and deteriorate just off the field, just with the, the, the guy's attitude and his antics, you almost kind of want to see him get it right because he mm-hmm. is so talented. Um, I, you know, you, you had Bruce Arians about a month ago saying he didn't want to bring him in, he wasn't a fit, and then magically a couple weeks later, oh, they signed him, they brought him in. Obviously, Tom Brady has a lot to do with that, and, and mm-hmm. I, I got to kind of give, give it a little, to Tom Brady a little bit there, because he wants this guy to succeed so badly. And it's one of those things that when you pay him at the very most with all his incentives, I think... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He can make $2.5 million. If you're trying to get a ring, I mean, it's not costing you that much in the grand scheme of right. things. The guy knows if he messes up again, he's, he's suspended again. The Bucks know that going in. So I think that they kind of understand the deal. And they're talented enough that if it works out, great. If it doesn't, I think if they can ever get Chris Godwin healthy, I think that they can compensate for whatever happens with him. But I, I honestly, I don't know what to expect from him at this point. Half of me wants to root for him, but half of me wants to see it crash and burn because it is Tom Brady. Uh, you know, I respect Tom Brady, but Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. So,
0: <laughs> Gotcha. All right. The only real quarterback I think that we have any significant injuries, Dak Prescott. I'm not sure – to. Do we talk about Dak at the last thing, Doc? I don't know if he had been, if he got injured when the last time we was on or not. I mean, it's pretty obvious that he's out for the whole year. Any more, just thoughts, updates on what you know about what happened, and and you know when you think the time frame for him coming back a hundred percent. Obviously, sometime next year.
2: Yeah, so he had not been injured when when we last spoke. Okay, I didn't and think so, so,
0: but I wasn't one hundred percent sure. Yeah, sure. So if we dig
2: into this a little bit deeper here, he had what we call called a compound fracture. Of his ankle, and what that means is the bone physically punctured through the skin. This is a similar injury that we saw with Joe Theismann back in the day mm-hmm. um, and, and other guys of the like. And so, what well, becomes problematic with these, and, and not to mention on top of the compound fracture, he also dislocated the ankle. Um, and so, what becomes problematic with these injuries in particular is because the, the bone has come through the skin there's a higher risk for infection after the surgery occurs. The same thing happened Mm. with Alex Smith, and we saw the long road that he had, and he Mm. ended up having 17 surgeries, not only to try and save his leg, but to save his life. And so it, it doesn't sound like the situation is as severe here for Dak, it doesn't sound like he's had any infection here early on. So if he can clear that early barrier and, and, and not have any infection and bone healing goes as expected, obviously he's done for this year, but, but he, there's a good chance that he's ready for 2021. It's definitely a bleak and a brutal injury uh, for a very key player for the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. But so far he's looking good and hopefully continues to trend in that direction
0: gotcha all right let's move on to the running back position and uh lucky me i got to go against um uh yeah bob harris in the king's classic run Mm -hmm. and guess who was on his team
1: (laughs) i was gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna guess it's somebody that went off last week otherwise you would be bringing it up so yeah okay so
0: i scored 132 points I would have outscored everybody except two teams, <laughs> and one of them was Bob's team, because Dalvin Cook scored almost 40% of his total points, mm-hmm. so I lost.
1: That seems to be the narrative for you
0: just about every week this season. It does seem that, doesn't yeah. it? It, and it's, it? And I'm not going to lie, um, it's getting sickening, it really is. <laughs> You know, I feel like I should just, everybody, every, anybody that I play against this week, I should just look at the majority of the players and then go buy, go get a DFS team. Because I feel like I could win some cash, you know? So maybe we'll talk about that and consistently cash in this week. We'll just have your guys' teams and then who's Bob's going to play this week. Because that would, yeah, and then that will pretty much determine who's going to go off. It's That's pretty much how it's went. Yeah. Anyway, enough of my uh, complaining. Let's talk about the good players out there. And one is Dalvin Cook. Perfect six for six for the year. uh, Alvin Kamara, though, holy cow, he is having a, uh, you know, one of those seasons like Michael Thomas and, and Mahomes has had and Lamar Jackson where it's just not even close. I mean, you know, Dalvin Cook scored 48 points this week. Think about this, 48 points. He's at 156. He's second highest scoring running back in the league he's still 40 points behind Alvin Kamara. <laughs> so think about that. That's that's pretty impressive. Um, as we move down the list, Aaron Jones, 5 for 5. McCaffrey, of course, waiting for him to come back. Um, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, 7 of 8, 88%, 10th in total points. Uh, you know, being the number one pick that we thought he was going to be. Derrick Henry, 3rd in total points, uh, right at 86%. I think the amazing thing is the three guys after them, James Robinson, James Conner, and David Johnson, all at 86%. I don't think we had any of these guys picked to be this high. Now, David Johnson is only 18th in total points. Um, But, you know, that's okay. I mean, this is what Todd Gurley did last year. Actually, kind of what Todd Gurley's been doing this year. Uh, He's dropped off a little bit last couple weeks. But it's that, you know, 15 points a week, nothing fancy, just enough to earn the clutch game. Be a solid contributor as an RB2, but an RB1 in consistency. So, Ron, any of your thoughts on these guys that are near the top right now, how they're looking, you know, some of the guys maybe you have on your teams, and, and are they helping you win, or are you winning more with uh, just two good, consistent players?
1: Well, first of all, Alvin Kamara, if, if you have not had a chance to watch Alvin Kamara play, the guy is on another level. He's in another mm-hmm. gear constantly the way he can accelerate, the way he can juke, the way he can move, the way he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's probably the most fun guy in the league to watch right now for my money. Um, and and then, so it's no, it's no secret that he's almost 200 points halfway through the season. I mean, he's on pace for an insane right. point total. Um, right. Well, not to interrupt, but if you remember, we talked about this, that it was in the guide and we've talked about it
0: in preseason. Alvin Kamara last year was ranked, I think, seventh or eighth in total points, um, had, I think, around an 80-some percent consistency. And he said, in the offseason, I ran in the entire 2019 season on legs that were about 75%. So if he can do that 75%, this is what he does when it's 100%. So no question. Just to support, as you said, what he's looking like this year. He's 100%, and he's certainly, certainly looking like it. So back to you.
1: Yeah, so uh, honestly, at the top, I don't own a lot of these guys at the top. There's, there's a guy a little bit further down that's coming kind in of kind of disappointing. And that's Zeke Elliott. I was hoping mm. he'd be in the top with these guys. That's probably the highest running back pick that I have. But I've got David Johnson a couple places. I've got Miles Sanders a couple places. Kind of disappointing with, with the injuries a little bit again with him. But David Johnson, we talked a little bit about it last week. I think him and you mentioned Todd Gurley. They're coming becoming very touchdown dependent every week. And I think that's why you see that that point total not be as high as you'd like for it to be. But you still see that consistency because they are sneaking in the end zone a little bit. Derek Henry's doing Derrick Henry things. I think James Robinson is, is having to be leaned on by that offense because, you, you know, you see Gardner Minshew up there at the top of the league in sacks. He's now um, hurt. So we've got, I think it's uh, Tyler Luton is going to be the okay. starter, sixth-round pick. So I think you're going to see more of James Robinson just getting fed the ball early and often and all the time. Um, but, yeah, I'm benefiting from, not from Christian McCaffrey but from Mike Davis, so I'm sad to see Mike Davis go this week. He's been one of my workhorses in uh, Kings Classics. so we'll have to see what I can do from that.
0: So that brings up a good point. Does James Robinson have now the same regression because now there's not a quarterback to take the pressure off him? Just like Dallas with Zeke, not be able to run very well and and really get it going because now they have Andy Dalton or Ben DiNuccio or whatever his name is um, at quarterback. Do you see the same thing possibly as a regression to to James Robinson as well? I I almost have to believe there would be because now they're going to say, well, we're, we'll, we'll stop Robinson because he's the only guy that seems to be doing anything on this team. And we'll let the backup, you know, backup quarterback try to beat us.
1: Well, and, 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 you know, if he's anything like Ben DiNucci, I don't know if you guys watched that game last night, but it looked like coming into, you know, getting started. They, they were doing a good job of calling some plays to get Ben DiNucci kind of going. It was a couple screens. It was a couple things out of the backfield. But then all of a sudden. Uh, the, the rest of the Cowboys, they, they got dinucci and they didn't get anything. And so it ended up being, you know, kind of sad to watch. So mm-hmm. there's definitely that possibility. I mean, the, the Jacksonville receivers are pretty talented. Um, I do believe Jacksonville plays Houston coming up this week, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston's oh, right. Very, very friendly yeah. to the fantasy <laughs> running back. So even if they key on him he's still got potential for a big day so he's got at least one matchup i don't know in the future what he's got but yeah that's very possible because when you got a six-round rookie becoming your starter i I don't see where you can be too excited about that
0: probably not so so doc i don't want to put you on the spot because we didn't bring this guy up but let's can you give us a little up uh, insight on what happened with gardner Minshew when the possibility of him coming back um if if soon you know, I didn't see a whole lot of information
2: there. So if you guys want to keep rolling here, I, can, I okay. can dig a little bit and get a little info there for you guys.
0: All right. Well, we can come back to that because I want to really talk about more importantly is the three running backs that I brought to your attention because they've been out for a while. They should be, I think, coming back soon. So we got Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, and Raheem Mostert. Um, those three guys are on so many of my teams, which is why my my year has been a disaster What is your update on those three guys of when the possibility of them coming back and and will they be effective when they get back? So if we start with
2: Eckler, he's dealing with a grade two hamstring strain, which is an overstretch of that hamstring muscle on the back of the thigh. When we're dealing with grade two injuries, it actually involves a partial tear of the mm. muscle. And so that's why this takes a little bit longer than your typical, hey, I just pulled my hamstring. So right. these grade two strains come with about a six to eight week return to play timetable. Ugh. Eckler sustained his injury in week four. So if we do mm. on, if we do the math on that, Six weeks is week 10, which is not this week, but next week. So he's getting close. Um, when the team put out a report of his status just two weeks ago, they said it was still going to be a little while. And so just having that information uh, from the Chargers, I think this is probably going to be on the longer end of things and the shorter mm-hmm. end of things. So probably closer to the eight-week mark. So probably week 11 or 12 at the earliest. Yeah, and even saying, at- they
0: have a buy in week 10. So that'll okay. help with the scenario. So week eleven, uh, he would come back against Denver and Buffalo, New England. Not 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 a good sure. time to not, not sure. good, but right, at least they right. have a bye week ten. So uh um that'll help a little bit. So that's good. But yeah, yeah, yeah even it, at, it might be too little too late for me for most of my teams so. though. <laughs>
2: yeah, even at that, I, I wouldn't bank on Eckler in week eleven right. either. I think it's right. in the realm of possibility, but I don't I don't think it's a done deal.
0: Yeah, okay.
2: As far as as uh, as far as Nick Chubb goes, he's got that MCL sprain that, that he went down with earlier in the year. Fortunately for the Browns, you've got a guy like Kareem Hunt in the backfield that they've been right. able to lean on. With Lucky Land
0: slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: A little bit during Chubb's absence. The Browns are also on a buy here in week nine. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's going to give Chubb a little extra time to get his legs back on him. It's a grade two MCL sprain for the MCL. It's a four to six week injury and week 10 will peg him right at the six week mark. The Browns did mention that he's progressing well, and so I think there's a there's a better chance that, that Nick Chubb plays in Week 10 with Week 11, I'd say, being the absolute latest that he's back on the field. Gotcha. Um, now, now, when he does come back, Bob, I, I wouldn't expect to see the same workload that we saw prior to the injury. I think mm-hmm. you see the Browns lean a little bit more on Kareem Hunt early sure. on and then ease Nick Chubb back in over the first couple weeks he's back. So okay. when he comes back, he should be able to go at a, at a good level level with a gradual
0: return to his previous volume well and the good thing is his schedule through the fantasy playoffs they do play baltimore at home but uh week 12 through 16 they play jacksonville tennessee the giants and the jets so really nice matchups if uh you know in in easy men and, and like i said other than the baltimore week 14 which he has run rampant on baltimore in the past um, that certainly got a nice schedule for him for that. So, all right, let's go to Mr. Mostert. Raheem Mostert out there f- for the walking wounded
2: in San Francisco. I mean, mm-hmm. it seems like everybody out there with Garoppolo and Kittle having gone down this week and it seems like everybody on their defensive line, but, uh, for Mostert, it was a high ankle sprain that he suffered in week six and he was placed on injured reserve. And obviously we all know at this point that injured reserve this season requires a minimum of three weeks missed. Mm-hmm. The problems with high ankle sprains is the, the sprain occurs to a joint called the syndesmosis just above the ankle. That's normally a stable joint. And when the when the joint is sprained, it becomes unstable and makes things like running and cutting for a running back very difficult. This is typically a four- to six-week issue. And so, again, this was week six. So on the early end would, week, would be week 10, and the long end would be week 12 for Mostert. Now we look at Jimmy Garoppolo, who also— had a high ankle sprain for the 49ers. He came back and he re-aggravated the thing, and now he's on the shelf Mm. for another six weeks with with potentially surgery on the table, too. So you really got to be careful with the management of these high ankle sprains. So, again, four to six weeks for Mostert, week 10 through 12 would be that window, and even when he does come back, I'm not going to be the most optimistic.
0: Well, and and you also got to think with all of these people being hurt in San Fran, if they just don't pack it in and just tell Mostert, look, just take the rest of the year off. I mean, there's no reason, you know, he's, he's got, got a good future ahead of him. This team isn't going anywhere, you know, playoffs or anything crazy. So, you know, I would just, I, I'm, that would be my thought. And, you know, it, but he might come back and play, but I guess I would be surprised, especially if, you know, most are uh Garoppolo and, and, and Kittle and everybody, and everybody else is out for the year or, or going to miss enough significant time. It doesn't make sense to put him out there. And like you said, and, re injure it or you know cause something more drastic that could be uh you know more difficult down the road so all right well good good stuff there all right so i'll let you look up the the minchu while we're doing that we'll go right into the wide receiver positions and ron we we still have some guys at the top that are perfect but they've only played four or five games but some guys have been surprises this travis fulgham has been very nice since he's become a starter put up another uh Clutch game this past week. He's now 5-for-5. Five five. Corey Davis put up another nice week. He's 5-for-5. Five five. Uh, Crowder did not play. He's been out for a few weeks, so he's out. Now we get into the you know the the regular studs all around the uh, 80 percentile, 86-88. Tariq Hill, Stefan Diggs, uh, DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Will Fuller, which is still a surprise that he's still playing and is not injured yet which is typical 2020 all the guys who normally don't get hurt are getting hurt will fuller obviously and amazingly enough has now made it through almost a half a season and he hasn't missed a game yet so this is why we know 2020 is completely a farce uh (laughs) ron what are your thoughts on these guys i mean they all seem to tie out pretty pretty closely to the top quarterbacks seattle arizona and that kind of stuff so uh you know, any of these guys you think tail off? I mean, it seems like they're all pretty much clicking in high gear.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, these guys at the top here, Jamison Crowder with the, the the crap show that the Jets are, it's amazing to see him still putting up consistent games. I know he's only, he's only four for four, but still, that's pretty impressive. I don't know if you guys got to watch any of the Philly-Dallas game the other night, but Travis Fulgham for me in that game was kind of the turd in the punch bowl that stood out and was actually mm-hmm. the one – that was actually impressive on the field. And he looked very, very good. He looked very good catching the ball. He looked solid running routes, looked solid after catching the ball. So I was pretty impressed with him. I thought maybe he was kind of one of those flash-in-the-pan guys. But like you said, Bob, he's 5-for-5 five five at this point. The rest of these guys at the top, not not so surprising. DK Metcalf is probably my my biggest man crush of the season. I drafted mm-hmm. him a lot of places. I even have him as my wide receiver three in a couple of ten-team leagues, That's and impressive. he's just yeah. killing it. So he's he's a guy that is suit another one of those guys, like I said with Kamara, that is super super fun to watch. And in Seattle, with all those points they have to score, they've had a couple of primetime games, and they're they're just fun to watch offensively. But uh, you know, like I said, a lot of these guys really know surprises. Just yet again, a couple guys being injured. Devonte Adams was injured for a couple weeks, has come back and just been on fire with Aaron Rodgers. So mm-hmm. not really a whole lot of surprises once you get past those last those top three, but. Uh, you know, Corey Davis is another one. Corey Davis has looked pretty impressive a couple times. I've seen him as well. so maybe he's finally gonna be that guy that we thought he was for the last yeah. few years.
0: Corey Davis is doing an incredible impression of Devonte Parker from last year. Yes. where we didn't hear from him. He doesn't do crap for years. We think we watched him, you know, we've pretty much written him off, washed him off as uh, you know, or washed up, and then all of a sudden boom, hey, Corey Davis is you know, worth something. Um, interestingly enough, the number one fantasy point scorer for the year at 148 and a half points is at 57% consistent. And that's Tyler Lockett. It's surprising when you see Metcalf third overall, 86% consistent and yet Tyler Lockett not consistent for that team. How do you, how does Tyler Lockett not be consistent? That's the question. Um, but he's put up some huge games and then just quietly disappears in the others. And, you know, does okay, but he's not getting over eleven points in those weeks. So three times so far this year, he hasn't made it. Uh, this past week, I think was another one of them. Uh, but you know, Metcalf still continues to stay consistent. So we'll we'll see how that all plays out. So let's go over to Doctor Bowers, Doc. You know, we we brought up a few wide receivers. At least Ron did. Um, one is Michael Thomas. Uh, it seems like uh, he's got the worst ham. Hamstring injury of all, because he's been out almost the entire year. Uh, Kenny Galladay, he's he can't stay healthy. And then we got Trent Brown for the Raiders. Um, You know, tell us about these guys and and what you know about them and when are they going to return or stay healthy for a while?
2: So I think it's important to note with Michael Thomas that it hasn't been the hamstring all along. He did have the high ankle sprain Mm. week one which caused him to miss weeks uh, two through four. And then he had whatever the internal issue with the Saints, and they they benched him for disciplinary reasons in week five, and then a week six bye. And it wasn't until week seven that this hamstring injury cropped up. And so at this point, there's a good chance that his high ankle sprain has recovered, but now it'll be two (laughs) weeks tomorrow that – will be the length of time since he sustained the hamstring injury. And with low-grade hamstring strains, typically it's two to four weeks to return to play. So he's just had a whole myriad of different things that have gone on this year between the ankle, now the hamstring, and then the, the misconduct inside the locker room. And so with regards to the hamstring, I'm not too concerned yet because we are still on the short end of that timetable with the long end being week 11. So we'll see if he plays this weekend uh, for the Saints or, or if it'll be week 11, uh, but I'm not too concerned with the hamstring yet, and I think his ankle's probably good to go at this point since that
0: occurred all the way back in week one, and he hasn't played since. Yeah. All right, tell us about Kenny Galladay. I, I, he's another guy that I have on a lot of teams. I love, love Kenny going into the season. It's always been consistent. It's always been out there this year, not so much.
2: Yeah, so there's not a whole lot of information out as to the exact nature of his injury, and I wasn't able to track down any any video of when he got when he got hurt. So when it comes to hip injuries that aren't going to be managed surgically, uh, and they're managed with just rehab and and conservative care, we're looking at two primary things. We can have a hip pointer, which we've heard of before, and that occurs as a result of a direct blow or trauma to the hip or falling onto the hip, and that causes just a massive, massive bruise to form on the outside of the hip. It, it's pretty sore, it's pretty tender, and it's pretty painful. Rest and rehab and some hands-on techniques to get that all to calm down usually does the trick. Um, players can miss a, a couple of weeks on dealing with those hip pointers. So the, the other thing that I've got my eye on from a conservative non-surgical situation would potentially be a hip flexor strain, which is an overstretch of the muscle there on the front of the hip, which makes things like running for a wide receiver increasingly difficult. So there's not a whole lot of information out yet. If it's a non-surgical case, those those are the two things I put my money on. If it ends up being a surgical issue, there could be, be maybe some some issues with his labrum inside of his hip. You have a labrum in your shoulder and in your hip. There could be an issue there. But again, the team hasn't said a whole lot and has not provided many details. So at this point, it's all just speculation.
0: All right. So Ron talks about a very strange injury to a guy named Trent Brown. I don't even know. Is Trent Brown an offensive lineman? Well, I don't yeah, even... I was
1: going to say, let me jump in real quick and, okay, I, and yeah. explain why I threw that in here, because, you know, we'll get in. I'll, Doc, I'll let you get into it in a minute. Just that, that the freak thing that happened to Trent Brown last week. And, and I wanted to kind of pair that, too, with the Tyrod Taylor thing from earlier in the year. And I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on because he seemed like a couple of really freak, strange injuries that I've never heard of before. I'm obviously not a doctor, nor do I play one on the podcast, but I just kind of want to kind of get your thoughts. Just are these common things that happen just across the, the medical field in general with these IVs and these 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 shots being messed up and really, really affecting guys? I think I saw where Tyron Taylor doctors oh, maybe suggesting right. to him that he may not play football again, which is, is a crazy thought to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, in the world of football and in the world of medicine in general, these are incredibly, incredibly rare, and as much as I don't want to say it and un- undermine kind of the decision-making of other people in the medical field, it really can come down to a lack of attention to detail. These are things that that should be completely avoidable, and if you're dotting your I's and you're crossing your T's, shouldn't be a problem. Obviously, as you mentioned there, Rod, there's some that are recommending that Tyrod doesn't play football when aside from just his ribs hurting a little bit and him getting this pain injection before the game, he wasn't having much prob- much of an issue, and he'd be able to continue his career, and now he's being told he may not be able to. The same thing's true with Trent Brown. Um, it, it's something that if everything is followed to a T and every, and protocols being followed, it, it shouldn't happen.
0: Wow.
1: And can you kind of speak to exactly what happened with Trent Brown? I don't know if I can describe it well enough. Um, with, the, with the IV and the air entering the bloodstream. I think that's kind of what it was.
2: Yeah, I mean, you see guys all the time before games uh, get IVs just to hydrate before heading out onto the field for a three- or or four-hour NFL football game. And what happened here with Trent Brown is when that IV was being placed, uh, there was some air, external air that entered his bloodstream, and we call this an air embolism. And so this is kind of a pocket of air that is now in the bloodstream inside the blood vessels and can expand within the blood vessels and cause those to burst. And then it can also travel within the bloodstream and make its way to the brain or to the lungs. And I mean, on the surface, you think, well, lungs are responsible for air. So what's <laughs> what's the what's the problem yeah. with having extra air within within the lungs? And what happens is this air embolism kind of gets stuck between the lung and kind of the, the outer casing of the lung and, and can cause problems with, with breathing. If it gets to the brain, it can cause bleeds in the brain. And so it's something that becomes a very quick medical emergency and needs to be addressed right away in order to avoid long-term implications and potentially even death.
0: Wow. wow. That's, scary that's stuff. crazy, man. Yeah. That's yeah. Now I know why you brought that up right Yeah. Like you said, between that and Tyra Taylor, Taylor's like, Holy cow, man, you did you would think something like that would be so simple, but obviously it's not. So, all right, well, let's move on to the tight end position for the last, uh, section of the evening. Um, you know, right there at the top, as, uh, as we expected, and basically is becoming the guy that we should have all drafted in round two or round three, Travis Kelsey, 144 points so far this year, ranked number one, second place, is almost 45 points behind, and that's Darren Waller, uh, second in total points, 71% consistent. Kelsey, 88, uh, had that one, you know, slightly below average game, but other than that, has been fine. Um somebody that's kind of jumped up and maybe just kind of popped out of nowhere is, is TJ Hawkinson now 86% consistent fourth in total points. Uh, we really didn't see this one coming with Hawkinson because, and maybe it's basically because there's no Galladay day. Marvin Jones hasn't been very active in the passing game. I don't know if he's just a step slower or whatever, but, uh, looks like TJ Hawkinson is, is kind of, uh, taking, uh, I guess, uh, all of the targets away from the guys who've been hurt, uh, Ron, what's your thoughts on Hawkinson? And, uh, you know, I guess we have to see what happens when Galladay and Marvin Jones, everybody's healthy again. But he's certainly doing a good job of at least earning some respect from uh, Matthew Stafford so far this year. Well,
1: I think a lot of it, too, is Matthew Stafford has been healthy for the most part. You know, Kenny Galladay, you mentioned him being out. Um, I think some of it has to do with the fact they haven't been running the ball all that well. We've seen... Yeah, uh, DeAndre Swift shows some signs, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Adrian Peterson's been okay. But I think that, you know, it's just a combination of Hawkinson being a, a solid athlete. I think this is kind of what we thought he could be. Remember, he's a first-round pick a couple of years ago. So I, he's a guy that I thought would might would take a, take a bit of a step. I didn't think he'd be up here towards the top, though. So it's kind of interesting to see him top five total points and number two uh, in consistency. Um, obviously, Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. And, you know, like you said, he's the guy we should have all drafted because, boy, <laughs> this has been quite a year for tight ends. we had a really good year with tight ends last year. Mm -hmm. It seems like we've even reverted back to like two, three years ago, even worse than that, when we couldn't find a guy to go with any week, no matter who you drafted or who you went with off waivers.
0: Right. And and, and like you said, and when you do get somebody who has a big week like a George Kittle, then a week later he's out three more weeks and hurt. Um, You know, it has been tough. I mean, you know, I was very high on both Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry. 63% 63% consistent for Ingram, 57% consistent. But the, I think the disappointing part is the fact that they're 14th and 15th in total points. Uh, and the sad part is Ingram has played all eight games and he's still 14th. So it just hasn't worked out for the tight ends. Um, you know, we've got guys, you know, in the top 10 in scoring like Jimmy Graham, and he's at 38% consistent. Mark Andrews is the seventh, he's 43%. Consistent. I mean, Mark Andrews is a guy that some people were taking very close to Kelsey, Kelsey and Kittle uh in maybe like round three or four. I mean, wasn't far behind. And yet, like you said, there's just nothing there uh from any kind of consistency standpoint. Um, you know, like I said, basically Darren Waller is probably the only guy that you know that you took at a decent spot, maybe fifth mm-hmm. fifth round kind of thing that might be working out for you because he's second in total points, 71% consistent. But like you said, it, you know, at this point it's almost a crapshoot of, you know, getting the right guy at the right week. You know, last week it was, uh, uh, um, yeah. Um, Bryant. I can't think of his first name. Harrison Bryant, the best. Harrison tight end the Bryant Browns from the, the Browns. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, yeah, didn't do much this week in, in, in that game. So it's just been tough. I mean, is uh is there anybody in there you think that might uh you know turn it around, maybe start heading the right direction? Then jump out to me at this point. I'm hoping Mark Andrews does. I mean, he's certainly the guy that we would hope would start clicking a little bit again with uh, Lamar Jackson, but their offense seems to be struggling
1: yeah and and they're struggling in every facet of the game. I mean, they were able to run the ball pretty well against the Steelers team, which is great, but that's not mm-hmm. helping any 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 of us that own Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown. Right. I, I I think too, what I've gotten lucky with a few weeks because uh, I do have Darren Waller in the Kings Classic League. I've got Mark Andrews. Uh, Darren Waller has been super solid, as you said. Andrews has you know been good a couple of weeks and then he's kind of disappeared. I've been able to strike gold with a couple of guys I've gotten off waivers. I've just hit them in the right week. Logan Thomas I hit a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I, I think uh, – Robert Tunyon. Uh, right, yeah, Tunyon's a Funyons, I got him a couple of weeks ago, and he was okay. Uh, let's see who – oh, and the um, Dalton Schultz for for Dallas. I was able oh, to get right, him one week. Right. And then, of course, Harrison Bryant. So I think at this point, if you don't have that consistent guy that you drafted that's in the top five in points, you know the, the Andrews, the Wallers, the, the Hawkinsons, the Kelseys of the world, you just got to look at matchups, go, go see who's been really generous and fantasy against the tight end. And, and and that's your best course of action. I think if you've got fab money to use, or you've got a high waiver claim and you can get one of those guys and are still available, obviously they're going to be available in the more shallow leagues. But to me, that's the, I think that's the best way to tackle this animal That's a tight end position in 2020.
0: Gotcha. All right, Dr. Powers has come to you. There's not a ton of uh, ones, obviously Kittle's the one that can't stay healthy um, anybody else, uh, you know, maybe give us a little bit of an update on Kittle and, and his potential future here and playing, uh, in the near, you know, so far there, you know, any time this year or is he pretty much done? And I, I can't think of any other guy that I think is hurt, uh, significantly at tight end, but, uh, not you talk a little bit about Kittle, what, you know, where where he's at right now.
2: Yeah, Kittle's the big one. And when it comes to redraft leagues, he's, he's a safe drop for the rest of the season. He, he fractured a, bo- a bone in his foot. It, mm-hmm. It's a small fracture and they haven't really said which bone was injured. There's, a, there's 26 bones in the foot. So there's a, a wide number of things that could have been. Uh, and so he's expected to miss eight weeks, which is a long time and takes us towards the end of the year we're sitting on week nine right now that'd be week 70 17 so the end of the the league regular season and so the good news is is the team has not made any indication that surgery is going to be necessary oftentimes when it is a quote-unquote small fracture these things will just heal on their own there's a good chance that he's immobilized via a walking boot or maybe a cast. Uh, to allow that thing to heal. Uh, but a, early indications do, don't seem like he's going to need surgery. And then as long as bone healing occurs without any setback or without any complication, then he'll be good to go for the start of next season and we'll slot right in w- with, with the top tight, tight ends in the league. So tough blow, again, for the 49ers mm-hmm. and for those who have him on fantasy football rosters. But unfortunately, I, I don't anticipate that he contributes again this season.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's painful. For a lot of reasons. (laughs) All right. Well, Doc, thank you so much for being a part of this week. And uh, I think we'll just kind of keep this tradition going. We'll have you back on early December to kind of get everybody, you know, wrap up where things are, where players are uh, as we then head into the fantasy playoffs. Again, thank you for being a part of our show this week. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you uh, and how they can sign up for your uh, awesome newsletter. It sounds great uh, to both
2: of you guys. I appreciate you having me on. Always, always fun getting to talk with radio shows, podcasts, TV shows about injuries and help people gain an edge in their fantasy football leagues. My content can be found on Twitter at dr Brandon Bowers, so that's at Dr Brandon Bowers on Twitter. My injury newsletter comes out every usually every Thursday morning if I'm on top of it and I get all my ducks in a line. Uh, that can be found dr Brandon Bowers You can go on that there toss in your email and then you'll automatically get that sent to your inbox free every week and i, I go really into a deep dive uh, yeah, on it's, players it's, yeah, who, who have gone into good, injuries yeah. i think the list this week i was working on it this morning is upwards of about 15 to 20 players so there's going to be a lot wow. of, of good content this week so you do not want to miss week nine uh so again on twitter at dr brandon bowers and then for the email newsletter
0: drBrandonBowers.substack.com. Fantastic. And thank you for being a part Ron. Everybody where they can find you and uh, we'll, we'll tip on out.
1: So pretty, pretty simple to find me nowadays. Not a lot going on. Obviously baseball's over for a little while. So we, we've been putting content out with that soon. We'll get back to the minor league previews over on the dynasty show, but obviously big guy fantasy sports.com at the real mod day on Twitter. Got the consistently cash in coming up this week. Actually was able to cash in both for the first time this year. Right. DK is kind of my Achilles heel. I don't know why that is. <laughs> But I was able to conquer that and uh, was able to uh, cash. That's two weeks in a row on FanDuel. So maybe we're starting to head in the right direction All here. Right.
0: Good man. All right. Thanks again, guys. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, uh, Doc, for being on here. Uh, once again, I'm Bob Lung. You can find me at Bob underscore Lung on Twitter. And as always, you can find us here every week in the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. So everybody have a great week. Take care. God bless. We'll talk to you next week.